Hello, and welcome to episode five of Laundry, Yard Work, and Jesus. Uh, my name is Pastor Joe. And I'm Pastor Josh. And we are glad that you are with us here today. Um, got a lot to talk about today uh, as we're, we're kind of progressing on family worship and how to do it. And today we're going to talk a lot about um, kind of the struggles and hurdles that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, some could say excuses. Some could say excuses. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a bold word. It's it accurate, bold. Yeah, we are bold here on this podcast. We are very bold. We are very bold. Not bald yet, but bold. <laughs> but bald is coming. Bold is coming. Um, <laughs> oh, man, my hairline keeps going back and back and back and back. And now that's what uh, someone's going to come to me on a Sunday morning like, yeah, you're right. Yep. Uh, I've had hair longer than I expected to, um, but I could really cling to that bald is beautiful statement. I'm hoping out for it. Uh, the thing I've committed to is having a comb over as long as possible. I want like one strand of hair to go to go across. <laughs> I want to see that day. It, it, it'll come. <laughs> Stick around long enough. If, if we survive long enough here, you'll get to see it. Um, so talking about difficulties and hurdles, for we kind of have an icebreaker this week. Um so, you know, kind of like devotions and family time and family worship, it's something we know we need to do. Mm-hmm. And it's something if you're still if you're still listening to us, you want to do this. Yes. Right? But there are hurdles to do. It's kind of like um, eating out, right? Yes. You, you, you want to eat dinner as a family. You want to have a nice time. Um, for, for some reason, you can afford to eat out, pay 60 bucks to go out these days. That's right. You know, God bless you there. You can do that. And so you want to go out to eat. You get the family in the car. How do you decide and who gets to decide where you're going to eat? Yeah, so it's always that dreaded moment. Like you're in the car or for us, it's always it's after church. We're in the car. And the first question is, where do you want to eat? Yeah. And that sets us on a path of indecision, yep. grief, and a little bit of tears most of the time uh, because it never fails, especially now that our kids are old enough to voice their opinions. Um, no one can agree. There no. never is there this just fourfold agreement in our car. This is where we all want to go, except for Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. But my budget can't always afford Texas Roadhouse. Uh, and I don't feel like waiting two hours that's true. to eat because I don't know what Texas Roadhouse does, but it's always packed. It is, it is always two hours. Yeah. So um, that's our process. It's just this continual path, but we found that there's always a good landing spot. Okay. And for our kids in particular, and Megan and I, we just uh, we just th- raise our white flag and say, "Here we go." Yeah. And that place is Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful. It will used to be more wonderful until we just have eaten it so much that I am <laughs> exhausted with Taco Bell. Do, they, do your kids eat, like, the, the cheesy roll-ups? Brooklyn likes the cheesy roll-ups. Those are great, and those are $1.50, and that's amazing. Yes, that is true. Uh, they're big taco fans, you know, just yeah. soft taco, occasionally hard taco with a little bit of mild sauce. Yeah. Um, depending on the day, they want lettuce, except for that day that I order it without, and then they're like, how dare you? I want <laughs> lettuce. Of course. Because kids. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's kind of where we're at. So what's your go-to at Taco Bell? My go-to is a crunch wrap with no sour cream. Oh. Uh. That's the go-to. Now, my preference is the chalupa. Yeah. But it's gotten so expensive, I just can't justify the cost of it. Yeah. Okay. So I like I like chalupas. I like crunch wraps. I like Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not sponsored by Taco Bell. 
but we'd be willing to. <laughs> we'd be willing to be if anybody's listening. That's right. Um, no, but no sour cream on the Crunchwrap. That's that's a choice. That's a bold choice. You did say you were going to be bold, but. Well, there's some listening who know me well enough to know that I despise sour cream almost to the level that I despise mayonnaise. That was that was what I was going to ask you, but that's that that's that that that's a choice. That's definitely a choice. I like the cheesy gordita crunch. I like the the one that's a taco inside of a chalupa, basically. Uh-huh. I like that one. Okay, that one's my favorite. But the thing with Taco Bell is they always rotate their items, mm-hmm. and so it's not always there, which just makes me want it more. Which means their marketing works. They, they disappoint me seven months out of the year, so that way the, the five months out of the year they have it, I'm happy. Yep. That's their plan. See, Megan loves their uh, Mexican pizza, and oh, so yeah. when they brought it back, it was one of her favorite days ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a long so, time since I had one. What about you all? What is your process? So our process is – so for us, it's not normally on Sunday mornings where we have this issue because mm-hmm. we take two cars in, and so because I'm a, I'm a chump and I don't want to fight <laughs> – I'll go to one restaurant and Danielle take the others to the other, and that way everyone can be a little happy when we at home. Um, but uh, when when we go out, when we go out, it is it becomes an issue because my kids are very picky eaters. Love them, mm. love them, but they are very picky eaters, and they're not picky on the same things. Like one will only eat chicken, and one will never eat chicken. That's and great. It, it, yeah, it is great. So. Um, we do end up, you know, having to schedule where we're going to go and what are we going to do. It, it can take a little bit of time, so normally it comes down to it where we'll just find something that we can all be okay with. It's one of those things where it's like I can't promise that everyone's going to be happy. Yes, uh, like I can't think of a way where everyone wins, but I can make sure that everyone loses a little bit equally, and so it's fair. It's like a spin on a lose-lose situation, but yeah. just a little bit of positivity mixed in a there. A little bit of positivity. So we end up doing things like um, like Arby's because Arby's has a lot of, you know, yes. uh, a, a, we choose things that have a wide variety. So like uh, Cracker Barrel is great. You mm. can't always eat there. But, you know, it's yep. great because they have a wide variety menu. Um, for me, I if I, ha- if I had to choose every time, it would probably be Panda Express. We got a new Panda Express down the road from us. and. And I love me some Panda Express. So uh, the worst, I could I could tell you this indecision thing has been like with us my entire life because like my mom mm-hmm. trying to eat with my family, it's about an hour and a half ordeal. Okay. Uh, we start off civil where we're going to go eat. And then after about literally two hours, I'm angry and tired and hungry. And I'm like, we're just going here. I'm going to eat here. If anyone would like to join me, yes, that's what we're going to do. Because sometimes you just have to. Make a decision. Sometimes there's no yes. wrong decision, so just make a decision. That's right. Sometimes you just got to realize we've been talking for 15 minutes and we're getting nowhere. So that's right. And we're not talking about the podcast here. We're talking about that's right. <laughs> <We're> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Two things can be true. Uh, there we go. But yeah, you just got to make a decision <coughs> and go with it and that's live right. with it because there's always going to be the next. But I don't want that. Or but what about this? Yep. They always come. They always come. They always come. But uh, so sometimes we just have to take those steps, right? Yes. Those bold steps. And so last week, last mm-hmm. episode, we talked about um, uh, following Jesus and leading our family, building those habits of yep. family worship that point our families to Jesus. And we talked about what's one new step that you can take. Um, have you have you had anything? Have you thought through or had any breakthroughs in the last couple weeks? You know, I actually have. I... Uh, 
earlier this fall when uh, students were walking, started our study in the Gospel of Mark, which what some adult classes here are doing with uh, the Explore the Bible curriculum. Yep. Uh, I encourage them to do a reading plan on the Bible app called 100 Days in the Gospel of Mark. And so I had done that and done it, I was doing it with a couple of students. Well, I decided this might be a cool way to focus our nightly prayer time. Yeah. 100 Days in Mark means you're reading about four to five verses. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And it has really been helpful to kind of talk through the stories of the Gospels and in a way that my kids can understand and I've really enjoyed it. It's And it keeps me on track because I get a notification on my phone, and it's been super helpful to guide our prayer time, but also get to say, hey, wasn't it cool how Jesus fed 5,000 people with just a little kid's lunch? Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Very mm. cool. So I took a half step. I haven't taken a full step. Okay. So we are, uh, you know, I've talked about how singing was not necessarily something that we've incorporated. I need to rethink singing. So in our family, we do uh, often, a couple times a week, uh, family cleanup times mm. where we, you know, the kid, you know, the kids have some chores they have to do and such, but I'll get home from work and we'll do like a, a reset where we'll just have like 10 minutes of cleanup. And we're just going to clean as much as we can as a family for 10 minutes. We'll put on something on YouTube on the TV and, and, and work on it. So we're going to try to do, uh, put make that Christian music. Put mm. some put some worship music on there. That way, we've got that Jesus music going while we're kind of working together. The, the downside is that we're very particular about Christian music. <laughs> so you 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 mentioned a couple months back. I don't even know if you remember this, that uh, Shane and Shane had a vintage album. Yes, worship album. Uh huh. So I just randomly, I'm like, hey, I'll go ahead and listen to this, and I loved it. It's fantastic. I, I loved it. If you if you haven't heard, so it's Shane and Shane, they a worship team that's been around since. I was in youth group. Yes. And they have released a remixed album of songs from when I was in youth group. So as as, as a child, you know, as someone who came of a maturity in the 90s and early 2000s, like that was that 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 is kind of my jam. But the thing is, is that my wife despises Shane and Shane's music. It's not it's not them personally. It's just their voices. Okay. She doesn't. She doesn't quite vibe with it. So we're having to find the right set list for us, but mm. we'll get there. We'll, That's right. We'll we'll get there. Personal taste of the things, you know. So. That's right. We'll uh, we'll work it out. But when we get there, that's probably how we're going to incorporate that. Awesome. That's I love it. I love that. Uh, just an easy way to incorporate it into the everyday rhythm of life. That's right. It's fantastic. That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're aiming for. Uh, so, we have a name. We do have a name. We have a name. We're trying to build these habits. We're trying to get started with our families, mm-hmm. uh, pointing our families to Jesus. And anytime you have an aim, anytime you have a goal like that, particularly one that pushes us toward Jesus, um, we've got obstacles. We have excuses that pop up because, well, we have an enemy yes, who hates the idea of a whole family worshiping Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that there are few, if any, things that terrify Satan more than families that are committed to loving God together. Definitely. Um, passing on that faith to the next generation. And then there's also like us because we, we're we sinners too. We, yes. We, we have our moments. And so what we've done is we've put together a list of probably about eight to ten of the most common excuses. Some of them were covered in the, in the Whitney book, if you're reading along with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are just ones that we've thought about. Um, 
this could easily be two or three podcasts, but we do kind of want to keep things moving along. Yep. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a timer on ourselves. Because we would never ramble. Never. <laughs> we would never talk about Taco Bell for the first five minutes of a podcast. That's for right. No particular reason, you know? Uh, so what we've done is we're putting ourselves a timer of three to five minutes per topic, and we're going to talk about it. So we may or may, you know, there's no punishment. We don't have like a point system. So there's not going to be like a punishment yet. Josh is looking like he's thinking. We're not rambling. Remember, we're, we're staying focused. We are staying focused. Okay. So there's no punishment, but we're going to try to keep on target and we're just going to cover as many of these as we possibly can. Of course, we're not going to cover them exhaustively. There's a lot of things that we could say that we're probably not going to get to, mm-hmm. but we do want to offer encouragement and uh, just some things that we have found in, in in each of these different areas. And so we're going to kind of tag team this. So are, are you are you ready, Josh? I am ready. And just a word on that, as we walk through these, there are resources uh, on every single one of these topics that if one is particularly helpful to you, reach out to us. Yeah. And we'd love to just equip you with resources. That's right. And in the description of this podcast, there'll be, a particular, especially on the website, I think mm-hmm. we'll have this up on the on the other formats as well, yep. maybe. Uh, we'll have the text number that we have. So if you, you can email us or you can text us, say, hey, can we talk more about this or you know, you talked about this and this got me thinking about this other thing and how do we, you know, reach out to us, let us know, or grab us on a Sunday morning, although we may or may not remember what we're talking about. We record these a couple of weeks in advance. That is true. But our memories are semi-well. Eh. You know. Eh. So. Yes. Rapid fire. Here rapid we go. Rapid fire. Here All we right. go. Timer is set. Ready? Yes. Go. So here's the first one. I'm going to kick it to you and let you start off. All right. What if you're setting up for family worship but not everyone in your family is a believer, particularly if you're married to an unbelieving spouse. Mm. That's, that's a really good question and one that several deal with. Uh, and it's, it's hard. It's hard because you want to all be moving in the same direction. You want your kids to see that mom and dad agree that they're in this together. And I think you have to start being prayerful. You have to uh, know that the impact of your life and the testimony of your life speaks volumes to your kids and start where you can if the only thing you can do if there's really a lot of resistance to getting around the table or at nighttime you know if it's only you you're able to go in and pray with your kids at night then you go in and pray with your kids at night you pray for your spouse you you make that commitment uh, one of the passages in Scripture that really uh, speak to this well is 1 Corinthians seven sixteen, And uh, Paul is addressing this very issue. And he's addressing, what do you do if your spouse doesn't love the Lord? And he's a, it's really a call to live a life that would compel them to love Jesus. And he says this in verse 16, Wife, for all you know, you might save your husband. Husband, for all you know, you might save your wife. And I think that the power of your testimony and the way that you love your spouse well not only speaks to your love for Jesus, but it communicates to your kids that Jesus is bigger and that you want to show Jesus in your home, even if it's hard. Absolutely. And, and I love what you're talking about there with uh, really treating your your spouse, even an unbelieving spouse, with, with grace and mm-hmm. respect. Um 
because they are still are the parent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This isn't. Uh, I'm sure it could be frustrating, mm-hmm. um, and there there are certain difficulties that are there. But you you want to extend grace. You want to extend mercy. You want you want to be that example, and never um, try to shine your spouse in a bad light with yeah. your kids because your child needs, still needs to respect their mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Definitely. They they're still uh, they still have a God-ordained role in your family as leaders in your family mm. um, that your your kids need to honor and respect and so just like you wouldn't, you know, or shouldn't, hopefully you know, ever insult your spouse in front of your kids. Yes. <laughs> or talking about that don't use Jesus to do that either. Don't say, "Okay, well, they're not mom, they're not they're not in here praying with us because da da mm-hmm. da 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 in in a in a negative light. Just take the opportunities that you can do. Yep. And, and try to step forward in that. Yeah, that personal relationship with your kids can go a long way in leading them to Jesus. And all the while trusting that the Lord can do a work in your spouse as well. And I I have a couple friends who've walked through this and they've done it for decades. And I pray with them to this day that their spouse comes to know Jesus. And it's hard, but you can't ever give that hope up that God is not done working. And it is one of the most difficult things to pray with. You know, the, when those, the wife praying for the husband, the husband praying for their wife, parents mm-hmm. praying for their kids, those are always the ones that tug at me the most, that are most, uh, that are most difficult. Uh, my heart goes out to and we want to pray with. But God does do work in that. I, mm. I've seen God answer those prayers. One of my, my mentors in the faith didn't come to didn't come to the faith until he was in his forties yeah. because his teenage daughter was praying for them and it, her and her mom started coming to church and they started living for God and then it took it took months, it took a few you know, even a few years, but yep. uh, eventually he came to the Lord and became a big influence on me. That's in awesome. my development. That is fantastic. Well, so we did that one in under five minutes. Hey, so, hey, how, how about, about that? that? There we go. So, you know, this is going well. So far. Um, all right, next one. Yes. It's one that is near and dear to both of our lives. Yes. Um, but what about if you're in a family that's been impacted by divorce? Yeah, and that is, um, I mean, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. And it's one that impacts a lot of families. I've uh, you know, I've shared with you that I've served in churches where I was a youth pastor and every single child, like not an exaggeration, but every single child in that youth group um, had been impacted by divorce. Mm. Um, and uh, myself and, and you, we've both been impacted by divorce. Yeah. Um, our, our parents, um, obviously not, <laughs> not us and our wives. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so... You always want to operate out of grace. I think what you said last time for the for the last issue still applies quite a bit here. Mm. You are you're not in control of your kids all the time. You're 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 probably in a situation where you're having to share weekends. Maybe you're mm-hmm. the one who only gets them for the weekend. Yeah. Um, every other weekend or holidays or a couple weeks during the summer. Um, there is you, all you could do is what you can do with what you have. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the time that they are in at dinner with you, the time that you're they're in your home, um, love them like Jesus would. Mm. Um, 
something you, we, we talked about this, so I don't want to steal your thunder if you're going to talk if you're going to talk about this. But the, go but for the, it. But the power of a character and the ca- power of a testimony mm. uh, really can shine through, can speak volumes for uh, your, how valuable Jesus is to you when they're with your home. If you only have them for four days out of the month, or if you have them five days a week, but you don't have them on the weekends or every other week, however however that works for you. Have, if your relationship with Jesus isn't valuable to you mm. or real to you, you you're not going to be able to fake it for that little bit of time. They're, they're going to they're going to see through that. Kids kids have a radar that can detect these sorts of, sorts of things. They're yeah. going to be skeptical. You got to think about everyone's got a circumstance. So this is I don't mean this to come across as a judgmental statement, mm-hmm. but the the family provides security for kids, and so when a divorce happens regardless of the reasons that makes that can that can lead kids to be a little bit more skeptical um a little bit more fearful and you know speaking from experience mm-hmm. and honestly you just kind of have to put in you're gonna have to put in the work over time to make sure you're as genuine and authentic in your walk with Christ as possible and yeah. then whenever you have them Lead them. Maybe they maybe they don't get the, maybe they don't go to church when they're at the other home. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a different worldview. They have a different religion at the other home. You're not responsible for that. Yeah, you're not accountable for that. You're responsible and accountable for what happens when they're in your home. And so, do your best to make that as authentic as possible while still being gracious to the other side mm-hmm. that they have to split their time with. Because again, they're they're the parent too. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with all that. I, you know, one of the things that I believe can be helpful in this is going back to the goal, and yeah. the goal is for our kids to love Jesus. That's right. And so often, just having lived through that, you forget the goals pretty easy in the middle of the mess, and yeah. that it's just messy. And but God is still good, and God's grace is often most evident in the mess. And I think remembering, I want my kids to love Jesus. And if they seem to love Jesus more at their dad's church, I want my kids to love Jesus. Yeah. Um, what, whatever that could be, uh, we have to always go back to that because we can't lose sight of that. And so if that is, you know what, in the car, I'm going to make sure I pray for them. I'm going to make sure I listen well. Uh, because most of the time, if we're honest, it's hard to care for someone when you're hurting as well. Yeah. And that's where we have to be very prayerful about that and keep that goal out in front of, I want my kids to love Jesus through this, and I know that it's possible. That's right. And, you know, depending on where you're, you're at in your life stage, your kids are at in their life stage, this could be a, this could be a dance that you have to do for like a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this could be a long-term, um, a, a long-term deal. Yep. But when, when that divorce happens, there are, there are a lot of raw feelings, raw emotions, mm-hmm. a lot of questions that come up. Um, and so we just want to encourage you, be as gracious to you, and encourage you to be as gracious as possible, particularly to your kids, but to, to everyone involved in the situation. And just love Jesus as best you can and point them to. And there's the timer. We got our first timer. There's the timer. We got our first timer. We got our first timer. Time to move on. Time to move on. Yes, but just to wrap that up, what you were yeah. saying there is do all you can to point your kids to Jesus and trust in his grace being sufficient 
in those gaps. That's right. Yeah. We have a sovereign God. We do. And that gives us great, great hope uh, and encouragement. Um, so our, our next category kind of in this, in this fam- family realm here is what if you're a single parent? Yeah. What if you're wearing a ton of hats already? Mm-hmm. All the hats. Yeah, all the hats. <laughs> all the hats. Yes. Um, how, how do you minister out of an overflow whenever you're stretched thin and you're, you're doing it solo? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm not a single parent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on those weekends where I have to live as a single parent, you know what? God bless you uh, <laughs> because it is busy. And I think the best thing we can just say is just a word of encouragement. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have seen uh, families who are in those single parent homes. There is often this special relationship yeah. between mom or dad and the kids. And I would just encourage you to leverage that. You leverage the fact that your kids see how hard this is, but they also can see how you're loving Jesus through right. it. And that relationship gives you an opportunity to just talk to them. You may not have time to sit down and do a Bible study together. There's grace there, but you have time to say, hey, I'm just praying today. Or to be honest, say, you know what? I'm exhausted. Can we just pray that the Lord gives us what we need (laughs) to get through this week? I think that transparency goes a long way into saying, I'm trusting Jesus through this because I want you to see that Jesus is still good through this. Absolutely. Um, you know, one, one thing that I've always thought is, seems so like the promise, uh, with Noah and the rainbow, mm. right? That God is faithful, that he's not going to flood the world, that he's going to remember his folks. The rainbow doesn't come till after the storm yeah, <laughs> or in the storm. Like mm-hmm. God's promises aren't there necessarily to prevent us from going through difficult times. They're there to sustain us during and through the difficult times. Yep. And so if you're a single parent and you're just giving it your best and you're you're at your wit's end and you're tired and you're worn out. I mean, this is true for all of us, but you know, God bless you <laughs> again if you're if you're doing this commando. Yeah. Um I mean, God's going to work through you and your kids will be able to see that and there will be graces and um, opportunities for your child to see God at work in you and in your family that they might not have otherwise seen. Um, yeah. God God specializes in taking um, and taking us and, like you said, taking our circumstances and our messes and turning them into beautiful things. And so uh, just encourage you, keep on keeping on. Don't give up. Yeah, that's that's a good word. Uh, as, you, as you go about this, I hope you don't see another hat you have to wear. Right. But you see that this is a really great place where Jesus can be the grace that you need and that your child needs. That's right. So you're trying to be gracious. Yes. You're trying to get, you're trying to get going. Um, what if you're, what if, what if the, the obstacle to your family worship, to leading your children to Christ and, and to point of Christ is your child. You have a resistant child. Yeah. That's that's a big that's a big one, right? Yep, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Hundred percent gonna happen. It's right, and it's gonna happen at different stages. You you can have that resistant three year old that just decided I'm gonna go crawl in front of the door and cry instead of do this, <laughs> or that resistant sixteen year old that runs for the car keys and says I'm gonna leave and go to Taco Bell before this starts. Yeah. 
Uh, now, listen, if your kid's going to try to get out of family worship, bribing you with tacos to do it is is a smart play. But you just say, hey, we'll just wait till you come back. We'll wait till you come back. We'll eat tacos while we talk about Jesus. That's right. And, you know, the Taco Bell oh. drive through takes forever. So just hop in the car. Oh, good and point. And s- talk about Jesus while you're trapped there waiting for your quesadilla. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, one thing I want to point out in, in Ephesians 6, you know, it's tongue in cheek, but it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So obedience is expected mm. and, and needs to happen. And how that looks when you're talking with a, a three-year-old and a 13-year-old are going to look different. You're going to use different tools, different techniques. Um, but it is good for your child to listen to you generally, yep. but especially when you're trying to point them to Jesus. But the next verse says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Yeah. You know, there there is a way that we can expect obedience. There is a way that we can get obedience. There's a way that we can pull them together. But if you're, have to, if you're berating your child— mm-hmm. And making them feel like an inch big and then sitting them down to build them up in the word like you're, you're fighting against yourself. Yeah, that is that is, that is not the way that Jesus leads. <laughs> That's, yep. that, yes. So there but there is there's <clears throat> definitely that tension. So um, how have you seen you? You, you talk about um, you, you've talked to me about the difference between um, enforcing and influencing. So could you explain that a little bit and how you that because that was really helpful through the ages. Yeah, so I'm not smart enough to come up with that. Uh, there's a book written by uh, Paul Tripp and Ted Tripp called uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Yep. They've released a newer version called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> the whole title. title. Yeah. You just look up yada, yada, yada on Amazon. That's right. There. Google that. <laughs> don't Google that. I don't know what you'll find. Uh, but the... In that book, he talks about how as our children grow, we have take on two different roles. We And when they're younger, we are enforcing the rules. We are helping them see that they are broken. It's almost the Ten Commandments, the law. It was meant to show you that you can't fix yourself. And as, as our kids are younger, we are doing much more enforcing. As they get older, though, there's a shift that happens uh, almost if you were to look from law to grace to where we're, n- we're not so much enforcing as we are influencing our kids to Jesus. And especially, you know, that that uh, threshold is different for each child and each family. Uh, but we have to keep that in mind, that there's a time where when I look at Jackson and I say, you're going to church and I don't care how you feel about it. Yeah. There's a time that that works, and then there's a time where that's actually harmful to him. Not, And I've not walked through teenage life, so I don't speak from that as an expert. But from just reading and talking with uh, some godly parents who have walked through that, learning how do I influence our kids to Jesus is a big deal that we have to work through. I remember a short story. I'll do my best to keep it short, but this really— was impactful for me um, when I was, I think it was 17, and I was a senior in high school, and my dad was wanting me to go to church. 
and my friends were going to a haunted house. It was around Halloween time, and I wanted to go with my friends. And I'll never forget, I'm standing in the kitchen, and my dad just looked at me, and he said, son, you're old enough to make your own decisions, and you know which one pleases God and which one doesn't. And he didn't tell me what to do, but it was a moment to where he just leveraged his influence, and he said, I've raised you to know what pleases God, and I'm trusting you to make the right decision. And that question pierced my heart worse than anything else he could have done. And I think we have to be wise in how we go about becoming influencers to faith as our kids grow. Absolutely. And, and another word I'd say as the timer goes out is you're, you're not going to bat a thousand with that. Mm-hmm. And your kids are not going to bat a thousand. Listen, everyone, if you got four people in your family, you got four sinners who are all coming up with different excuses and obstacles and hurdles. Some may be believers, some may not be believers. You're working on different wavelengths. Um, so you might have a night where you try and it just ends in tears Yep. for you or the kids or both. And that's not, don't, don't let that stop the next night from happening. Exactly. You yeah. know, you try, try, if there are apologies that need to be made, have some apologies, pray. Cut things short if you have to say, tonight's just not working. We're just going to pray, and we're going to move on, and we're going to pick this up tomorrow. Yes. And that, you got you got a lot of days, 365 days a year, however many years you got left with them under your roof, a punt isn't the end of the world. Um, but but get back up on that horse. That's right. I'll, I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. Embrace grace. That's right. Because you're going to need it. That's right. I need it. You need it. We all need the grace of Jesus. Another thing as we kind of move on and start a new timer here is what about busy schedules? That seems to be a consistent thing that I hear that I deal with as a family. Sure. How do we overcome busy schedules in our life? Uh, Yeah, there there isn't a family that doesn't have a busy schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, Some may be busier than others. Yes. Um, I think the two things is, one, don't forget that your family is unique. So you're trying to figure out how to lead your family to worship Jesus. Mm. So uh, like we've talked about in a couple episodes, you do some things in the morning. I do most of my stuff at night. We do some things throughout the day. Maybe maybe you split up what you do. Maybe you pray together in the morning. You read together at night. Mm-hmm. Maybe you reverse that. You read together at night and then you pray <laughs> together in the morning. Maybe it's in the car. Whenever your family is together, mm-hmm. Whenever your family is together um, and as free from distraction as possible, then that would be a good time to, to try to work on that. And it might not be every day. Maybe it's, maybe it's two days a week. Maybe it's three days a week. Uh, it could start as simple as what did you talk about? And what, what did you talk about in Sunday school? Or sorry, uh, Bible fellowship. What did you talk yes. about? You know, what did you, uh, what, what did you think of church? What was your favorite song at church today? What did you learn on, on Wednesday night? What did Pastor Josh teach about tonight? What it, the, That could be a simple conversation just to get the ball going. Mm. But, again, if you can if you can accomplish this two or three times a week, it's going to pay dividends in the long run. Um, the counterpoint of that is that if you sit down at your schedule and you legitimately say, I can't think of 10 undistracted minutes for my family, yep. then something probably has to go. If there's sure. no room for Jesus in your <laughs> if there's legitimately – yeah. No room for Jesus in your schedule. Then you really need to look to see if there's any idolatry that's creeped in. Mm. If there is something that has that is that is pushed out. But really, for most people, it's probably not 
carving out something as much as it is adjusting something that you're already doing. Yeah, no, and I think that is a good way to look at it. You know, if we continue to go back to that definition of family worship, developing habits that focus our family on Jesus, then we are creating rhythms and routines as part of our everyday life. And even if you're shuffling from basketball to dance to play practice to church and to dinner and then conversations about where we're going to eat, all of that stuff, there are ways in which you can uh, create habits and rhythms in that. It could be praying on your way to school. It could be uh, stopping and sending a text to your kids if they're older and saying, hey, I'm praying for you today. Yeah. Uh, those type of things are just, they're small, but God does a lot with small things. He does. And I think that's where if I go back to Deuteronomy 6, it can be helpful because it says, parents, repeat these to your children, whether you're sitting in your house, whether you're walking along the road, when, they, when you're going to bed, when you're waking up. It's an all, it's a life-encompassing approach to helping our kids focus on Jesus. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about uh, kind of moving on to the next one? Actually, close to the last one. Yeah. We, we, we did this. We're doing this. We're, we are getting there. Uh, but what if we don't get there? What if we have a failure? What if we have mm. a really bad, because one of the things, uh, this is coming up a lot, you know, having a life of integrity, having a life of, inte- of uh, a positive testimony, uh, pushing through, giving grace, showing mercy. That's not always me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not always me. So how do you lead when you feel like you're behind on the day? Yeah. I think we have to embrace humility in a culture that really celebrates uh, building yourself up and talking about how great you are. We as people who follow Jesus, who our entire existence is built around falling at the foot of a cross, claiming our need for a savior, we can never stop having that mentality. And that goes with our kids. It's easy for me to think I always did it right. But the reality is I blow it more often than I get it right. Right. And it's helpful for me when I fail, whether it's a big failure or small failure, to seek repentance, number one, with the Lord, but also with my kids and my wife. You know, it is helpful when my kids see me apologize to Megan because I got angry or I said something out of just snark rather than love. That's a that's a good first step for me in walking through repentance. You had some profound words on this, and I'd love for you to share it. Let's see if I can remember them. Let's see if I can remember them. You got this. No, no what we talked about uh, when we were prepping this is that you, you just can't fight yesterday's battles. Mm. Yesterday's battles are gone. You need mercy for those. <laughs> yep. Um, all you could do is today. All you can do is take one step today. Um, uh, I know that I don't want to sound like YOLO, live in the moment, but but it's just reality. Like so, we experience guilt whenever we sin. Mm-hmm. We 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 experience that 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 we have failed, but then we confess that. And but when we still live there, that's where shame comes in. Yeah, and shame is never. That's not a tool the Holy Spirit uses. It's, that's never from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we confess that sin, it's gone. And maybe we need to confess sin not just to God, but we need to confess to others. Uh, someone a wise once said, I can't remember exactly off the tip of my tongue who, but it was uh, uh, the apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. Mm. And so, you know, if you blew it with your kids, 
apologize to them. And I don't want to make it sound like we're running around always apologizing to our families <laughs> yes. or kids. Like we can't put one foot in front of the other without insulting someone and shaming ourselves. And we need to always be apologizing. I know there is a there was a mindset. Um, I'm aware of in older generations where at least I heard that parents are always right. Mm-hmm. You never, you know, you never need to apologize to your kids. Never show weakness. Kids thrive on the parents' weakness. That's right. They can smell blood in the water. <laughs> they smell blood in the water. Um, but you know, we talked about how we're we need to model prayer and we need to model worship and we need to model a walk with Christ. But a walk with Christ is modeled by repentance. Mm. It's it's marked with repentance. We don't just confess our sin once and then be done with it. We 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 trust our lives to Christ and we're saved. Yes. But we maintain a relationship with Christ. He maintains a relationship with us by drawing us closer to him, which is a life of daily repentance and Mm. asking God to seek us, uh, to to search us and confessing our sins. So like you said, we we can model that. Even our failures can be teachable moments for our kids. It's good for our souls, and it's good for them to see. If they never see their parents repent, how are they going to know what that looks like? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's good. And— and we have to remember we are walking through repentance, and that can often be a process. And you know, sometimes we want to microwave it when it's got to take time to bake. That's right. And we we can't rush those things, particularly with our kids, that there are some wounds that will take time to heal. And that's hard for us uh, as parents because we love our kids. And let's we give a lot to our kids we yeah. sacrifice a lot for our kids and we can trick ourselves in our flesh in our brokenness into thinking we deserve more than we really do yeah it's true so um big question for the week looking yes. forward moving forward which of these has hit hardest for you <laughs> which of these are you most prone to use as an excuse or as a hurdle to try to overcome and uh, see if you can identify identify that. Or if there was another one, again, uh, maybe this spawned another question or another thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's God working in your life? And, and can you give that over to him to, to push forward? Yeah, confession is a powerful thing. And uh, name that excuse. You know, Sit down, write it down on a piece of paper and confess that to Jesus and ask for his help to overcome it. Uh, he will do more in that moment of weakness than we would ever do in any uh, strength that we think we have. Absolutely. So, hey, we hope that this has been helpful to you. Uh, we pray for you, and we pray that this is a blessing and uh, helps equip you to go about focusing your family on Jesus. Uh, if this has been helpful, we'd love for you to like and subscribe. We'd love for you to share this with someone and uh, because at the end of the day, People, I, I want to be forgettable uh, yeah. because I want people to remember Jesus more that's than right. me. And that's what I'm praying for this podcast as we have we love Jesus and have fun is that Jesus will be glorified. And uh, so make sure you share, like, subscribe, and we look forward to seeing you or he- being with you. Yes, there that's you a, go. That's a good way to put that, being you with you on our next episode. That's right. Catch you next time.